That delicious song entitled Coro comes to us via the Canadian city of Montreal. The band's name is Camera Romance and is fronted by the mesmerizing voice and writing of Martine Gruel. The backing musicians are as follows. Alex McMahon on drums, percussion, piano, synth. Benoit Bouchard on vocals. Jim Pug on percussion, Pierre Fortin, acoustic guitar, bass, electric guitar, percussion, Vanessa Giraud, hand claps. The song that will play out the show is entitled Antoine, and the backing musicians are as follows. Mael on cello and piano, Olivier Langvin on slide guitar, Pierre Fortin on acoustic guitar, bass, electric guitar, percussion, and synth. Thanks again to Martine Gruel, that's G-R-O-U-L-X, and her band, Camera Romance. And now, introducing the host of our show, Mr. Douglas Day. Yes. Yes, the Brindu this evening for a meatless Sunday roast on a Tuesday, if you will. Sound good to you, darling? Brilliant. How's Bubbles? Ah, she loves this autumn sun coming in through the window, doesn't she, brilliant? Mr. Douglas Day! Oops, I've missed Mortimer's intro. Chat later, love you, darling. Thank you, Mortimer. Yes, Nigel. You have a call, sir, line six, sir. Douglas Day. Douglas Day. Need anything from the shop?
Why, yes. Let me ask you a two kind. Mr. Ross, Mortimer, Nigel, anything from the shop? Tea, please, sir. Elderberry? Yes, sir. Mr. Ross, make that three, Douglas, and could I get a uh, cinnamon scone, too, please? Me three, please, two, sir. Mortimer? A quartet of teas, please. And a nosh. A blueberry turnover, please. Four elderberry teas, two cinnamon scones, a pecan swirl, and a blueberry turnover it is, please. You got it. Now that we've covered housekeeping, let us turn to the poetry of our sound man extraordinaire, Mr. Nigel Lewis Stevenson. Thank you, sir. This is a poem by Nigel from his Oxford series entitled Toxicology Forum, Patience Four through seven. She was like the wind, and on the wind my name came to her as she felt the wind upon her face, and wondered if maybe, just maybe, this was the one to offer all her gifts, riffs, shrifts, lifts, tiffs, lisps, looks, longings, belonging. Patient number five. I heard him on the wind, I heard him on the cliffs. I heard him on the wind, on the cliffs, on the wind of the cliffs, on the wind, on the wind, on the wind of the cliffs. And I thought maybe I could love him. Patient number six. How long has it been since you have kissed my face and told me that you love me? How long has it been since your thoughts have been freed to trapeze down the avenue of your breath? How long has it been since you have felt the water on the wind next to the water with your feet? How long has it been since you have felt my hand cup your heart in my hand amongst the fire? I love you. I love you. Thank you, Nigel. You're welcome, sir. Mr. Ross, what did you think of Nigel's poetry? I liked it. I I always liked Nigel's poetry. I especially liked his use of repetition. Hmm. Right. Now, back to Mr. Ross's audio play entitled The Keeper's House. Our characters are, well, they're not really homeless because they have... Structures they reside in, shanties, I think you call them, right, Mr. Rods? That's right, Douglas, they have homes, um, scavenged as they have been. Yet, is it fair to say the old-timer and Miss Kitty and the widow Dornberger, among others, are marginalized from, well, shall we say, conventional society? Yeah, you could say that. But? Well, they are expert scavengers. They don't waste anything. They respect the land. They praise nature. So their version of society is really quite pure compared to the excesses of what may seem um, conventional. Indeed. Before I forget, today's program is inspired by The Twelve Steps to Natural Gardening by Al Crowder. K-R-A-U-T-T-E-R. And by Nutriself. Be who you always wanted to be. 
feel how you always wanted to feel with Nutriself. Anything else to set up today's scene, Mr. Raw? Nope. Well then, whenever you're ready, yam on. Thanks, Douglas. Act 1, Scene 2, The Keeper's House. Dobbs Ferry, New York, present day, late October, blustery, cool, but sunny. Camera pans the Hudson River from on high. Tracks a V-shaped skein of geese painted in bas-relief against the coppery-brown face of the Palisades on the western bank of the Hudson. Camera shifts to track the upriver flight of a seagull, then zooms down to trail the glide and dive of an osprey who plunges its talons into the face of the river extracting a flopping fish. Camera pans inland to track a red-tailed hawk circling the thermals above the Dobbs Ferry woods. The hawk alights on a gargantuan red oak limb and preens itself intensely. Gray and black squirrels assiduously collect acorns from the forest floor. Camera pans green aluminum corrugated rooftops of two shanties. A plaque hangs above the old-timer's door that reads, The Pilgrim's Hut, in thick white letters. The old-timer and Miss Kitty sit round the campfire and look out towards the river. A cribbage board, suspended on four legs, rests between them. A train blows its horn as it rolls by at the bottom of the hill. A brown mackerel tabby named Josephine snuggles in Miss Kitty's lap. You and the camera person pull up your customary lawn chairs and listen to the old-timer's monologue. Now's the time of fallen leaves. He makes a wide arc with his outstretched pipe. All these trees right here are in the process, let me tell you, it's a process, my friends, of dropping what I like to call leafy gold upon the ground. Have you noticed the bumper crops of nuts this year? Acorns, walnuts, hickory nuts, hazelnuts, covering God's green earth like a shag carpet? Makes me want to get a pig. Could you imagine, Mammy, how this year's crop of nuts would fatten up a swine? Yes, dear, I can certainly imagine. My kin from the old country would say the surplus of nuts portends a bad winter, and there's some truth to that. But I contend it hath more to do with the conditions, my friends, vis-a-vis rainwater, sunshine, air temperature, and whatnot that prevailed during the growing season of last spring and summer. My comrade, Cookie Cropsies. Simple formulas, rain plus sun plus oxygen, all conspire to fructify the food web that resides in the soil upon which we stand. The old-timer takes a generous pull off of his clay-bulled pipe before continuing. The food web, that's right, I said it, the food web. That, uh, that, uh, what did I call it the other day, Mammy? That, that, uh, empire, dear? That's right, empire. Why, shucks, we are in the empire state, are we not? As I live and breathe, we are denizens of these delightful, deciduous, darkling woods. Are we not? You and camera person nod in assent. Old-timer leans forward and says with gravity, But what many fail to understand is that underneath our very feet resides a kingdom like none other. My comrade Cookie Cropsey will tell you, The well-being of our planet depends upon the condition of our soil. As if by magic, Cookie Cropsey enters from beyond the stand of elderberry bushes. He makes a beeline for the cowboy kettle that hangs on an arc of steel swung away from the fire. He opens his palm to reveal brilliant vermilion seed pods of sassafras. Mind if I do the honors? 
By all means, my friend, ain't nothing better than a mug of sassafras tea when there's a bit of a nip to the air. Cookie gently rubs and sifts the seed pods and then drops the vermilion rubbings into the cowboy kettle which he swings over the campfire. Imagine, if you will, millions, nay, trillions of microorganisms inhabiting the ground beneath your feet, trillions of beneficial nematodes attack soil-dwelling insects like grubs. Well... These microorganisms are denizens of what we amateurs call the food web. And this food web, when healthy, distributes the nutrients and minerals throughout the soil, enriching it to such a degree that plants are able to thrive. Are you saying the soil is alive? You're darn tootin' right it's alive. The soil? It's alive. Yes, sir. A rounded teaspoon of soil can contain over a billion microorganisms, my friends. A billion. It is alive, I tell you, and that's why we walk softly in the woods. No call to clod hop over the face of the ground. The red men knew this. They walk softly. They respect the soil, my friends. They call this terrestrial ball Mother Earth. They respect the rhizosphere. The what? The rhizosphere. That's where the dendritic roots of plants meet the soil and make the nutrient exchange. Without a healthy rhizosphere cradling the root fibers, your plants are doomed to die. Can you spell that? R as in rhapsody, H as in harmonious, I as in indelible, Z as in zesty, O as in oxygen, and sphere as in sphere. Got it, thanks. We'd all do well to listen to Cookie. He's got knowledge. Healthy soil equals healthy plants, and healthy plants equal healthy people. But that soil needs to be fed. Well, we've got the perfect ingredients staring us right in the face, why don't you? Camera person. Leaves. Cookie. Come again? Camera person. Leaves. Cookie. Bingo! Fallen leaves decompose and leach their nutrients into the soil, comrades. The best thing a body can do is leave the leaves on the ground and let them decompose, people. And if you're one of them neat freaks who has to have the perfectly groomed lawn, well then dig a circular bed around the base of your trees and mulch it with a couple inches of dead leaves, your trees will surely thank you. Old timer. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust, comrades. Miss Kitty sings. Dust in the wind. All we are is dust in the wind. Old timer. Hey ho, here come the Widow Dornberger all hopped up about something. The Widow Dornberger nimbly trots through the walnut grove to the accompanying soulful blare of a commuter train rolling by. As always, a wooden basket filled with foraged herbs and nuts is strapped to her shoulders. The Widow Dornberger. Hoodily 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 hey. The three sisters of the wicker woods have put their apple butter on. They invite us all to come stir the pot this evening. I hope you can lend a hand. Cut scene. Nighttime, further up the railroad tracks, in a clearing in the woods. A huge copper kettle sits suspended above a vigorously flaming fire. The kettle is filled with sliced apples, sugar, and water. The kettle burps and boils as Faith, one of the three sisters of the wicker woods, traces a long wooden spoon in a figure-eight motion through the boiling cauldron of apple butter. You ask her if she needs relief, and she demonstrates the figure-eight motion. As you begin to stir, charity, hope, and faith join hands in a tightly knit circle in the center of the small clearing. They bow their heads, then lift them. Charity. 
Thank you all for your presence. We have created a dance. Special thanks goes out to our accompanists, Mr. Hiram Sneedon on the mouth harp, Miss Kitty Dobbs on fiddle, Miss Mary Dornberger on the penny whistle, and Mr. Cookie Cropsey on spoons. The title of this piece is The Rock Dove's Lament. We hope you enjoy it. As the music takes shape, the three sisters sway from side to side and then rotate in a circle. They unclasp from one another and prance about in a pigeon-like manner. The three sisters bob their heads and step, 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 hop, step, 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 hop, into the middle of the circle, raise their arms and exclaim, Gahoo! Then they prance out to the edges of the circle and step, 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 hop, step, 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 hop. Gahoo! After many iterations of the dance, the music softly dissipates and the three sisters join hands once more and bow. Silence is kept. The uprising moon casts an eerie glow on their upturned faces. Bravo, chirps Miss Kitty. Bravissimo, adds the widow. Old timer, that was simply sublime. Sylvan Sylphs of the great North Woods, a delightful dance, madame. You deeply inhale a full measure of the steaming, thick, aptly vapors and are propelled into a dizzying intoxication. The old timer, take her easy there, comrade. Don't fall face forward into the magic elixir. Cookie relieves you at the helm of the bubbling stirpot. The old-timer beckons for you and the camera person toward the dark penumbra of the woods. Old-timer, follow me, pilgrims. I'm going to introduce you to the prayer tree. Just beyond the fire's glow stands a gargantuan red oak tree. Here's my darling. He pats the base of a huge oak. Quercus rubra, Quercus rubra, the stately red oak. King of the forest, as far as I'm concerned. You heard me talk about how General Washington received that crucial message from the French Admiral de Grasse from down Caribbean Way. You. Yeah. The old-timer pats the tree. That were 1781, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Admiral de Grasse was knee-high and coconuts and rummy were. Cut. Scene. Focus on Admiral de Grasse reclining on a Caribbean beach simultaneously hoisting and pouring a cracked open coconut and bottle of rum into his gaping maw. Cut, scene, back to old timer. He could have easily gorged himself on coca rum all the way back to gay Paris, but he didn't. Instead, he sent a note to Generals Washington and Rochambeau that swung the great men into action culminating in a surprise march and utter bedevilment of the highly vaunted Lord Cornwallis in Yorkton. That's history. Ordinary men and women rising to the occasion in extraordinary circumstances, why don't you? That were 237 years ago, my friends, right here in Dobbs Ferry. The old-timer pats the trunk of the great red oak. And this stately Quercus rubra was there. It was just a pup, but it was there. To witness history in the making, pilgrims. This here prayer tree has a grip on history that goes beyond the daily grind of you and me. Its knowledge goes beyond the pages of a book, comrades. It knows things, sees things, sings things that eclipse our earthly understanding. You. Did you say sings? The old-timer. I most certainly did, Jitterbug. That's why we're here. 
This old sentinel can croon like Crosby when it has a mind to. So let's take a listen and see what we hear. You and the camera person and the old timer prop your backs up against the base of the gargantuan red oak. The wind blows a cool breeze off the river. Another commuter train blares by. A sonorous hum ripples outwards from the base of the tree. You hear some words strung together. Prayer tree. right. Sing on, almighty Quakus Rubra, sing on. Prayer tree. Leave the leaves for the trees, please. Leave the leaves for the trees, please. Silence. Suddenly a faint but high-pitched chorus emanates from within the copse of surrounding hardwoods. Leave the leaves for the trees, please. That high-pitched falsetto belongs to the pawpaw tree. Leave the leaves for the trees, please. That one there belongs to the persimmon. Leave the leaves for the trees. That there's the walnut and the hickory and the copper beech. Have you ever heard such a thing in all your born days, you rascals? Camera pans the dark woods. Camera pans to the bubbling surface of the simmering apple butter and focuses tightly on the flame-kissed faces of Miss Kitty, the Widow Dornberger, Hope, Faith, Charity, Cookie Cropsy, the old-timer, the camera person, and finally, you. A flickering chiaroscuro transforms the still and silent faces into spookily shimmering masks. A hickory leaf detaches from its branch-borne purchase and floats softly past the camera to touch down upon the ground besides the old-timer's feet. The old-timer gently picks the leaf up by its stem and slowly twirls it. Well, hello, my yellow fellow. Nice of you to join us. The old-timer gently replaces the hickory leaf to the ground. Peace be with you, my friend. Peace be with you. Camera pans the rising moon above the river. End. Act One. Scene Two. Satellite 
story just needs to pass Oh, you're shining so bright Sky will finally be ours And you know It's just for today Chasing the clouds away Oh, it's alright Oh, it's alright You don't even So 